The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. That fantastic music you hear, that means we are with another episode. Uh, That's my main man, Mike Sauter. I'm Damon Benning. This is Playing It Forward. Fantastic show coming up today, man. I'm glad you helped birth this out of that brain of yours. (laughs) I just, I don't know. It's good. We just have conversations. Yeah, we'll talk to to, Omaha Northwest Principal Tom Lee, uh, and we'll talk to Bellevue West Athletic Director John Morrow. Yeah, two totally different perspectives on athletics and education and challenges. I mean, you're you're dealing with two different sets of challenges at both those schools. And the cool thing is is they have some similarities, right? Oh, yeah. Both competitive players, both athletic directors. They've coached. uh, And one is already in leadership and administration. The other is very highly sought after. Yes. We'll see how long he can pump the brakes <laughs> on being in the front office making decisions as opposed to being the athletic director where right. his plate is full in its own right. Right. I should say in its own right. 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 Should be a good one coming up, man. We won't disappoint. What we've been doing is um, I kind of gave John, I don't know if I told you, we've talked to like, we talked to Ron and Twani, uh, Dotzler, we talked to Ken Kanger, we talked to DJ, DJ Rizak, we talked to, we did Street School, Lance Griffin. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's just a play on the podcast title, right? Like, and John, it's your fault because it was my, it was my wife's idea to have you on just because you're just like this dynamic leader. So I was like, well, let's double that up because we got two dynamic leaders. I think each of you has expectations based on who you are. They're on polar opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're out there. John, you're like the, you're like this hip, cool AD at a hip, cool school. Kind of which came first. Tom, you're kind of, you've been pegged almost since you've been in the district. You're kind of this savior because you're a fixer. Um, so I'm kind of, I just want some background of that. Those have to be unique pressures to handle. Just let Tom go first. We want to hear. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I said the other day, he's probably the, uh, no, I think I maybe said this on radio. He's probably one of the few guys that I talk to that I feel like I have to be on my A game every no. time out. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a little pressure for you me. feel like you're getting like. Well, well I used to want to be him. Well, yeah. Right. Right, true. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I love uh, my career. I love what I do. I love being in difficult situations and having the opportunity to bring out the best in people. That's, That's what, what I talking. enjoy doing. I love seeing people be successful. So when you say I'm the fixer of things, uh, it's because I like to go in there and I like to be supportive of people, and I like to help people get to be where they want to be. And mostly everybody that I get to associate with wants to be at the top. Mm-hmm. So how do we get to the top? 
through hard work and et cetera, et cetera. That's what I enjoy doing very much. So I've had the privilege of working in several of our school buildings in this district. Uh, I've had the opportunity to spend a year at Bellevue West, awesome school. I've had the opportunity to be at UNO. I've had some really unique experiences where I've been able to see, see people grow and I've been able to see uh, people grow their own and grow their own experiences. And I've, I can't tell you how blessed I've been just to be a part of a lot of successful things whether it is with North basketball, North track, whether it was central basketball, central track. Uh, I had the opportunity to experience a lot of neat things in the athletic arena and now in the academic arena. Hey, that great voice here, that's Principal of Omaha Northwest High School. That is Tom Lee. Let me stay with that just for a second because there's some duality in what you described. You it was really eloquent, like it was just one smooth thing. But you still have to know which situation, which environment calls for what. Am I a listener here? Am I a coach leader here? Am I more of the out front servant leader here? With all those difficult or different situations you've been in, how did the, the developmental maturity kind of kick in where you knew when to be what to each different group you're working with? Well, let me tell you, that comes from experience. You have to be in it and you have to live it and you have to experience it to know uh, where to hold that conversation or how to have it or, or who to have it with. And I can tell you that in every instant, whether it was in athletics, because you know that's where I started yep. as a teacher and a coach, uh, and then even as an athletic director before I became a principal. Uh, so my focus was on athletics and kids being uh, involved and being successful because that supports the academic growth. Now I'm on the other side as the principal. The instructional side comes first, but guess what? We still don't have the instruction without the athletics and, and, and the involvement in activities for our kids. So how do you share that message with the various uh, groups and communities? Well, you know what? For me, I'm a servant leader. I am here for students, and I am here for staff to be successful. I am here to support the community. I, that is what I'm all about. I've had great experiences. I've been there, been there, done that, and I am really happy with what I've experienced. So why would I not want to help others to experience that? And then you have to listen. you got to be able to listen to mm. the people and what they're saying, and then you got to know when and how to respond. It's not always about having the answer right away or having the right answer. And I'm a big processor, so I like to process sometimes before I give that answer to people. Yeah, you're not your counterpart, but our cohort for uh, this podcast is is one of uh, the better athletic directors, right? So visible, so busy, a uh, ton of pressure <laughs> with the job is D- John Morrow. Different Mara. pressure. Yeah, different kind of pressure. So, John, when you listen to Tom talk about the athletic piece of it and kind of what his experience is, I think it's not a secret that Bellevue or somebody would love to have you in administration as well in that front office in a leadership role, maybe away from being an athletic director. Does that career path scare you? Do you like what you're doing? Kind of, You're a lot of things to a lot of people. Well, I, I don't know about all that, but, I, you know, at one point um, before I got into this job, I really thought that was the direction I was headed. In fact, before I was here, I was at Papillion La Vista yeah. High School, worked with some great, great individuals like Coach Ryan, who's the AD over there, but 
Jerry Kalina, who's a, in my mind a, a legend uh, as a leader and a principal of that building. And I really thought that was the direction I was going to go. But uh, this opportunity came up, and this is my alma mater where I was born and raised and, and went to school and something that I was very passionate about, wanted to be a part of. And obviously uh, with the some of the coaches who are already here, who are here before me, uh, who came since I was here, it's, it's just something that I'm very passionate about. I think I'm more passionate about it now than I was seven years ago when I came here. And this is right now in my life, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. This is what I enjoy. This is what my family enjoys. Um, I think at some point I may want to change, but at this point I can see myself doing this for the next 15 years um, because of the people I'm surrounded with here um, and how good they are. It makes my job a lot easier and much more enjoyable, obviously. Speaking of how good they are, speaking of coaches and other people that you're you're around, I mean, you have Bellevue West has won state title on the on the boys side of thing. I mean, you've won uh, multiple state titles, basketball, football, obviously, baseball's coming, new kind of facility ish or new turf, and and that facility looks great. Um, there. There isn't a lot of challenges that come with legendary coaches like a Doug Woodard because he just kind of – do you just get out of the way and let him kind of do his thing or or how much kind of oversight do you even need to have in, in that situation for basketball? Right, Mike. You 100% get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that different than babysitting Coach Huffman? <laughs> <laughs> Coach Huffman, you, you get out of his way too, but you, you monitor closer uh, what he's up to and what he's doing. But uh, these guys are the consummate leaders, right? I mean, if they were in administration, they could lead staffs and adults. Uh, they are leaders of young men in their sports, and they're as good as there is, uh, which is why they've had the success they've had. But um, when, you, when you talk, I think the biggest part of it, besides the wins and the state championships, when you talk to those kids who've played for those guys, it's the loyalty they have for those men uh, and those guys who are with them every day. Uh, they're outstanding. But, yes, you just get out of the way. You let them do their thing. Uh, you're there as, hey, how can I help you? Uh, you don't tell them what they need to be doing. You ask them how to help them and let them run with it. It's interesting, Tom, because he's described, you know, you've got some some new facilities, new turf. You've been the overseer of a complete facelift of a high school, and you've watched the renovations and and things go up. When you guys think business acumen, where did that rank when you guys were coming up along in the administration role that you were going to be kind of the overseers and play integral parts and schools changing the way that they look and the roles that the community response and the pressures that would come with that? Well, let me first say that um, Bellevue West is doing great work because of the leadership of John. So sometimes I think he's not giving himself enough credit because he has great coaches, but those great coaches continue to perform because of his leadership, and I respect the work he's done. So I just wanted to be able to share that with you guys. The opportunity to uh, do some renovation at Northwest and to see that growth, and we're getting ready to go through phase two. And so starting in March here, uh, we're going to have some more uh, going on. Now, I'm here to tell you that was not my thing, sitting in construction (laughs) meetings and doing all that stuff, picking out colors and carpet and and furniture. I'm here to tell you that is not my thing. 
but it became my thing. You know why? Because it was about the school. It was about the culture. And most importantly, it was about the kids being able to gain some pride in their in their school. And so we want to make sure that when our kids walk across that stage here, that they left here and they have pride in their school and the things that they had accessible to them. The resources here, this is a beautiful campus. Uh, I'm telling you, to have your own stadium, baseball, softball field, you, you know, track, and we're looking at uh, – Hopefully adding some things. I can't say yet, but we're hoping to add some things. I'm telling you, this is a great campus. And it and so for kids to walk out of here proud of being a, a student at this school is what is most important. So when I sit in those construction meetings and have those conversations, I'm here to tell you too, bro, that they, they some of those have been tough to sit in mm. uh, because they just speak a language that I don't speak. But I felt like it was important to do because I knew it was for our kids and our community. John, when you're taking a look at kind of the dynamics, you have a little bit of a different pressure. We'll get to we'll get to Tom's here in, in a second, but I, I, I joke with people all the time, especially the last three or four years, getting to watch you work. You have kind of this quiet cool. He's got a little swag to your game. You keep it well hidden, but you can't – it's almost like your athletic departments or your athletic teams – kind of embody your personality, very competitive. Um, where'd that come from? How do you negotiate that? Because it doesn't look like it fits the eye, yet it's kind of become the, the embodiment of your school. That's a, it's a very astute observation, David, but I, I have no idea uh, if that's the perception. Um, and in this kind of a job, I think all you can do is be yourself. You know, whatever that So looks you're like, just that cool. No, I wish I was cool. <laughs> That's what it is. I know Tom uh, is. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm just here to try to help people and do the best we can. And if people perceive that as cool or uncool or hardworking or, or lucky, whatever it is, is, is what we want to be. Uh, just trying to do a good job for kids and for coaches and for this community that we're working in. So, um, you know, we try to have a quiet confidence about us. Um, I think our uh, assuming we win a basketball game tonight, you know, our, our motto going into the state tournament next week is going to be humble over hype. And we, you know, we try to be humble, but uh, we try to have a little swagger and a little confidence and a little excitement uh, because, you know, we think we're doing things the right way, at least as best as we can. So, uh, you know, we're, we want to be proud of that. So how, however it's being perceived by others, we hope it's being perceived in a positive way, uh, in a way that's good for kids and good for families and good for the community. Um, and so, and so we try to, we just try to do that each and every day. Both of you have had to make changes, uh, whether it be coaches or teachers or those sort of things. What what goes into evaluating someone's job performance? Yeah. Because you both had to do it and on different levels and different perspectives, obviously, and, and a lot goes into that. But what are maybe the one or two or three things that um, each of you kind of would say, well – sometimes it's about the wins and losses, but sometimes other times it might not be. Uh, how hard is it to, to make those kind of decisions? It, I'd say it's extremely difficult. Uh, like you just mentioned, you know, some of our programs, our aspirations are district titles, conference championships, getting to the state tournament. Um, and, and some of them just quite frankly, aren't there based on numbers, based on experience, uh, based on, you know, uh, the talent level in, I mean, if, if I'm talking athletics, which is where I kind of reside at, um, those things are difficult. But it, 
for, for me to be able to evaluate, uh, honestly, it takes showing up every day and seeing what they have, how hard they work, how they communicate, um, you know, the relationships they have. Let's, let's be honest, everything's about relationships, the relationships they have with the kids, with the families. Um, you take all that stuff into account, and, and there's some seasons I know where a coach has been 500 or slightly over 500, and I think they've coached the best they could ever coach uh, in, in all their career. And some years uh, you've overachieved, and maybe you could have done things uh, differently, and it would have been better in terms of – and not in terms of wins and losses, but in some other ways. So it, it just takes a full evaluation. Uh, it's Like you said, it's not all about the wins and losses. There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, and I've been extremely blessed to have really good people around me and good people in our programs uh, who are willing to put time in. And I think that's why we've been successful a lot um, in, in the athletic realm at Bellevue West. For each of you, uh, it's, and it's on a different level, I, I think, especially Tommy, coming from an athletic background and John currently in one, you understand the importance of athletics kind of being the gateway or the doorstep to the front door. How do you guys that are both in education representing student-athletes with the student coming first keep athletics in perspective relative to your school's image? So, first of all, you, you got two totally different perspectives here. Right. You've got Bellevue West who's winning championships, and you've got Omaha Northwest who hasn't got to that stage yet. And we need to get to that stage. I am a big believer that athletics play a tremendous role and impact on the growth and development of our students. I think that it also promotes your school and helps your school environment and your school culture. Uh, everybody knows that I was how competitive I was too competitive <laughs> to the point that I had to stop coaching because it was bringing out a different personality that I didn't like, even in myself, just so competitive. I am still competitive. Northwest athletics need to get on top of their game. And we, when we're looking for coaches or when we have to make tough decisions, it's because number one, uh, I go back and review and say, is this person the right fit? Did we make the right decision here? Is this person making a difference with our students, our school, and our community? Are they able to communicate with our athletes and build those relationships? Because you know when you have that relationship with your student athletes, they will run through the wall for you. You can compete with them. And the goal here is to be competitive. We need to be competitive. Let's be real. Kids choose a school because of the programs and things that are going on and I'm just being honest about that I'm not saying that that uh, math English science and social studies and more are not important absolutely they're most important but to get the kids here to do those things you got to be able to shine in your athletics and athletic uh, activities let me stay with that real quick John before so Tom how many like what if you had to cap it and you've been so many places because this is kind of a misnomer. How many students do you think are in that, a given building at a time that are just there with, with no extracurriculars as a level of importance to them? Where they're just there for science, math, English, geography. Like, that has to be a fairly small amount, or am I, am I missing the mark there? Um, no, you're, you are correct. Let's do it the other way. I'm going to say 
70% of our students are involved in something. It doesn't have to just be athletics. You have fine arts, you have clubs, show choir, whatever, uh, uh, senior council, you know, there's all these things. So I'm going to say it's a large number that are involved in something. Our goal here is to have 100% participation, Mm -hmm. meaning we want all of our kids to be involved in at least one activity. That, that goes to the school pride thing, because if you have 100% involvement in whether it be journalism, club, or whatever, DECA, all of that, um, it, that's, that's a school pride thing, right? If, if everyone is involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right on. John, do, do you have to balance? This is interesting. So, do you, John, do you have to balance not wanting people just to come to Bellevue West for athletics or – however it falls it falls because that would be the other end of the spectrum right where you get all sorts of offers I'm sure entertained of where people want to come to Bellevue West that may not always maybe be in the best interest for whatever the district parameters are or in the best interest of of Bellevue West where you're kind of going the other way you know it's it's interesting uh this is a it's a real like you said a balance um and we're lucky enough at, at a place like Bellevue West where it's not only our football, basketball, and, and really I'd say baseball uh, program. Uh, our, our girls' programs are getting better, but when you talk fine arts, our band program has been one of the best band yeah. programs for years and probably decades at this point. So a lot of different reasons to come here uh, from outside of Bellevue, inside and outside. Uh, but, we, you know, it, it's a delicate balance of you want to make sure you have opportunities for the kids who live in your school district, in your school area. We want to make sure we're taking care of our Bellevue West kids and we want to have opportunities for kids outside of Bellevue who want to be part of our programs so that they get the great experiences that we can offer as well. So, I mean, you really want to take care of all kids, but you got to make sure you take care of your kids in your community and then have opportunities for kids outside. So we've been lucky enough, I think, to be able to do that some years better than others, but uh, we try to, you know, it's one of the reasons why you need to have a, a lot of good activities for kids. We've got 40 clubs and, and different kind of club activities here, uh, plus all the NSA sports. And just having those things so kids can be involved is important. One of the reasons, the most important reasons, is when the NSA added something like bowling this year. I think we had 15 bowlers. Bowlers don't get a lot of press and a lot of pub. But our 15 bowlers, I'd beg to say, probably don't do anything else. Mm. They don't play other sports. And we, we sent our boys and girls team to the bowling state championships this year. Those bowlers, they, they don't look like the football guys. <laughs> That's a totally different piece of the school you're tapping into. But you just gave 15 more kids an opportunity to be involved and be a part of it and have that school pride, have some success, which, which equates to so many other great things that can happen in school for those kids. So things like that are why the activities, no matter what they are, are so important to kids in high schools in the metro area and, and everywhere, but particularly the metro. One of the cool things about having you two together, kind of the the design behind this is such overlapping similarities in terms of passion. We heard the term servant leader. John, you talked about serving your community. You both have stressed communication. So there's some overlapping there. I'm, I'm curious, and Tom, I'll start with you, just because of the role that you serve um, with the Nebraska Sports uh, Association, the NSAA, and kind of uh, overseeing the big picture. John, you're right there in the middle of it. Where do you guys draw the line between cutting edge and 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 growing 
versus understanding, okay, this is kind of how we've always done it out of respect. This is what we should do. Like, how fine a line is that as young dynamic leaders where you don't rock the boat, but you keep moving the ball forward, for lack of a better term? So I'm in my second year with the NSAA. Uh, I have really enjoyed it. But right now, this is my processing time. This is my observation time. But really what I want to see is that we broaden the horizon and we try new things and we bring new things to the table. Again, though, that does start with our member schools. So when John talks about bowling, absolutely, that was a a bonus for us. (laughs) And we need to continue to look at opportunities that we might be able to institute as time goes on. Let me tell you that COVID has kind of brought some things to the table that I kind of like. Uh, I hate to say it that way because I'm not a fan. I'm of actually, COVID. I'm actually with you. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some silver linings. I, yeah. I hope. Absolutely. Well, we're getting ready to go into state basketball. It's a week long, mm-hmm. and you know what? Having that opportunity to rest in between and stuff. Now, being a, a former girls coach, it was hard for girls to play back to back to back. And so I'm kind of actually liking this, that they're probably going to get a day in there to rest and stuff. So it's kind of cool to me. I actually think that um, maybe not everybody liked it, uh, but, you know, when you split up wrestling and we're going to probably be splitting up track and uh, doing some of those things might be better. I don't know. We'll see going forward. But look, COVID has allowed us to look at things through a different lens and to, and to come up with new perspectives. The NSAA board continues to change. I don't know if you know, but uh, there's been a lot of turnover in the board here yes. lately just because of, for various reasons. Um, and so that's been healthy and that's good. Uh, I enjoy being on the board. Um, if I get a second term, that would be great. But after two terms, I'll be honest with you, it would be time for someone else to come in because I think that turnover and change is healthy and bringing in new perspectives is healthy. So while I'm on there, I hope that I'm serving the member schools and and bringing forth those new ideals and uh, perspectives that they have and encouraging them as member schools to make sure they're out there promoting these ideals because I will stand behind them as their, as their representative. John. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'd echo what Thomas said. Things like uh, the rest days for basketball, uh, extremely important. So, you know, looking uh, at things through a little bit of different lens, love the wrestling format this year. As a fan, I, I, you know, I don't know about the perspective of wrestlers. We'd have to get more feedback from them. But as a fan, I love the two-day format. Um, so the things that, that uh, the NSA has been able to do um, in terms of reacting to some of the challenges that they've had with COVID, I think have been really positive. And really good. And I think we need to continue to do that. I could sit here and talk all day about different rules and things that are out there that I'd love to change. Maybe don't even have to do with COVID. Um, but pushing the ball forward, getting better is something we always got to do, uh, no matter what we're talking about. And if we're talking about athletics, definitely that. So much pressure on you guys um, to be what the perception said. Like, listen, I've talked about dynamic leadership and everybody wanting to bend your ear. John, I'll start with you. How important is knowing and understanding the community and the community involvement around you helped either circumvent or alleviate or offset things or initiatives that you want to pull off just because you're so ingrained in terms of knowing what your community needs right there around you? Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and I don't want to take this the wrong way, but I think knowing your community 
is is maybe the most important part of being a leader. You know, I'm a kid who grew up in Bellevue, but my parents were both OPS teachers. I grew up basically at Omaha South. Um, so, you know, and then going to Bellevue West, I grew, I've grown up in the Omaha metro area and in Bellevue in particular my whole life. Um, taught here uh, before uh, I took on this role. So I think I have a very good understanding of our community and what it needs and what it's about and how to communicate and what it expects and, and how to go about changes that we want to make to better our community. I think it's extremely important. If you don't have that knowledge base and that experience, um, I, I think you're going to make decisions that maybe aren't best for the community or you don't understand why things are the way they are, uh, which is a big part of it. So I think extremely important piece of being a leader, particularly in the, in the world of education where you're dealing with kids and families all the time. Tom, similar question. How are you balancing the scope of community wants and needs versus realistic expectations and, and knowing the difference between the two? Um, so first of all, I, I think that um, I believe that anything can be reached and anything is possible and any resources can be available if we work for them and go out and get them. So when I think of community, I think of the Omaha public school community because I've had the opportunity to be in several different schools. I have been in North and I've been in central I've, I've been at Burke and now Northwest. And I know I'm a well-traveled man. You, probably you get the wrong. new kid. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask about that. But that's why I call it the OPS community. I love the Omaha Public Schools. I love what we're doing. Uh, I, I think that uh, we have great kids. I think sometimes there's too much negativity that overshadows the positive things that are going on. But when I think about the Northwest community, uh, I'll be honest with you, and I'm, I'm still trying. I, I think it's the alumni community it has a lot to do with this school and, and has a lot to play and they are valuable to this school, and there are so many awesome alumni out there, and I know that I'm speaking to one now. Um, <laughs> having parents involved is awesome. We have had our largest parent group this year than we've ever had since I've been here. That's exciting to me to get on a meeting, and there's 20-plus people involved. That's unheard of because when I started, it was Three, four, it was the same three or four doing everything. So we're growing our parent community and involvement and then our families and just keeping them uh, in tune and happy with what we're doing and just continuing to try and get better and strive to be better every day. Tom, you're, uh, you're in Damon reference it, but you now get the new, a brand new school, um, which comes with completely different challenges. You said you like to be in construction meetings, so I'm guessing some of those are <laughs> a lot more I just, I just want to know if you were sitting in all those roundabout meetings yeah. in front of Northwest right now at Crown Point. I'm no, wondering. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but, you're, but you're, with the new, brand-new school comes totally new challenges, right? What are some of the things you're – it's exciting – but what are what are a few things that you're the most one excited about, or two like, whoo man, I I haven't thought about that yet. Oh man, this, this this is an exciting time for me. Number one, I am leaving a building that is in great shape and yeah. great position, and I'm telling you, with what's coming forward for them with the new programming in our uh, high schools, uh, there is going to be some awesome things going on at Northwest. Guess what? So I. 
I go to the new school, now I'm going to have to recruit those kids not to go to Northwest because of all the things that are coming here that are going to be exciting. Um, and I can't wait until that uh, has been fully released as to the opportunities that Northwest students are going to have. It is going to be an unbelievable opportunity for them. And so I said uh, to Dr. Logan, I'm in a great place. I, I'm leading a great school, and I love what we're doing and the direction we're going. The opportunity to go to a new school uh, is just something that, you know what, you just don't get the opportunity to do very often. So to open up a new school, and I'm telling you, our goal is to build hopefully the best high school uh, across the country, that we will make another great high school for the Omaha Public Schools, and that we will build from the ground up, and we will build something uh, that will be at the top of its game. We're excited about the new school. It sits on top of a hill. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to uh, value the things that we get to bring into that school. We are going to value our community. Uh, we have already had meetings and stuff uh, with uh, future students and future parents from the community. It's been exciting. It's been fun. Uh, they have kept me away from the construction meetings for now. <laughs> I know that eventually I'll get into those, but I'm telling you, just the excitement of this new building. And you know it is going to be a different look for high schools. It's going to be designed differently. Um, it's going to be designed where not everybody can teach in this uh, setting. It's yeah. going to be open classrooms with movable furniture and walls and everything else. And, and so it's going to be exciting to be working alongside the YMCA. There is not another high school that has a YMCA attached to it. There are high schools that have YMCAs nearby. There's elementary schools that have YMCAs. But this is going to be a first, and the uh, collaboration and the coordination that we have going already is exciting to do, and, and I can't wait to share what we're going to do and, and how it's going to look. But it's going to be another great school. John, before we let you guys go – you listen to you listen. I almost said Coach Lee. That's what I always want to say. <laughs> uh, you listen to Tom, and it it kind of just finds a way. He's a fixer, right, to build a better mousetrap. Each one of you guys, before we go, and John, I'll start with you. How did how did the twenty twenty year, uh, the race relations, what went on with the pandemic, all of the above, keep you sharp and growing to be able to build a better mousetrap? And again, keep moving the ball forward for your school so you can continue to grow and evolve with what the community needs are. That had to be a unique challenge for you. Yeah, you know, I think every year, you, you, you end the year thinking you got some things figured out, and the next year brings new challenges, like you said, whether it's COVID or uh, things in the, in the community. Um, and I think one of the biggest things you can learn in a job like this or as a coach or as a, a principal and anything you do is you always have the opportunity to get better. And, and learn from others and listen to people's perspectives um, and, and a chance to improve whatever it is you're doing, uh, whether that's relationships with people in the community, uh, whether that's how you do business every day, uh, whatever it may be. So definitely keep it sharp. Uh, definitely with that, that kind of growth mindset mentality that we always have a lot to learn, uh, that we always can do better. We always can achieve more. Uh, I think that kind of a mindset is critical uh, to doing better. You, just just to relate it back to athletics, you take a guy like Coach Woodard who's um, been around a long time. We'll say how old he is. But if he didn't have that kind of a mindset to keep improving and keep doing things better in a new way and pushing forward, he wouldn't be near as successful as he's been throughout his entire career. 
And, and I think as someone who played for him, who coached with him, who now gets to work with him daily, uh, being around those kinds of guys who have that mindset, that work ethic, and that attitude, you know, that helps ingrain that in, in myself and others around him and, and continuing to do better every day and having that mindset. Is that, is that where your ability to take self-inventory came from? Because you obviously don't want to rest. You stay really competitive and sharp. I see at all these events, and I'm not going to say you don't have to be, but it's almost like you know going forward that it's part of the next phase. Like, that had to have come from somewhere. Oh, no doubt he was a huge uh, – played a huge role in that. I mean, you've never been around somebody more competitive, more dedicated, better work ethic, and more intelligent than a guy like him. I, I remember he, I, I think he had a huge impact, maybe transformed me from a guy who thought he was a competitor and had a work ethic to a guy who really knew what that meant. Um, and I think anyone who's been around him will get that understanding. You can ask um, guys who come played with him, maybe who've been other places. When you spend some time around a guy like that, and we got a lot of coaches like that, um, but but him in particular, you you learn what that is. If you want to be good at something, you better be willing to put the time in and the energy and effort. You learn that from a guy like Doug Wood real quick. Guys, I didn't think you'd disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can appreciate the perspective. You have anything before we let them get out no. of here and actually go do real work? No, I mean, yeah, it's good. You guys I, are I fantastic. I just as resources, the the community will appreciate it. I appreciate the transparency, and and uh, we thank you for the time. No, thank you for everything you guys do for the community and the kids and everyone else. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Well, uh, all right, you. we'll we'll see you guys. Be good. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Uh, fantastic show, right? Yeah. It's uh, I feel like we're always learning something. Yeah, and I mean having those two guys. Uh, join us with the different perspectives on kind of like we said challenges and um, how each of them lead I guess yeah how about the transparency right right yeah their ability to lead differently and be successful at it is uh, something that I think people could learn from yeah I thought it would be pretty cool right to get two guys that people would probably see it's very different (laughs) on opposite ends of the spectrum, but two guys that people think very, very highly of um, within their own communities. And to show you that there is some crossover, kind of like, you know, when you pass me the rock and I fumble it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, As you're the better ball handler than I am uh, between the two with us. So special thanks to Tom Lee and John Morrow. We'll be back next week. That pod will drop on time. Thanks for being a part. It's playing it forward. Don't you miss a thing. A Huda Media Production.